Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. This is the Cannamom Show with Joyce and Amy, a podcast where we are sharing the inspiring stories of the real women in the emerging cannabis industry. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, political activist, lawyer, and I've been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, and along with my canna sister, mom, realtor, cancer survivor, Amy Searles, we are on a mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. So go make a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint and come learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce and Amy. I want to thank today's guest for her patience. I had a little accident last week and I had to cancel very, very last minute. Um, but we're all feeling better now, so we're good. I don't look that much better, but I swear, I feel much better. Um, so we are happy to have you here today. Welcome. Today's guest is an intellectual property attorney who is a pioneer in the virtual paperless world. So she's pretty cool already, but just to make her story a little more interesting, she's, showing, she's going to share with us today why she asked a convicted felon to set up her cannabis law practice in 2018. She is now home, like the rest of us, with her teenagers and is trying to enjoy this chaotic moment in history as a pause. We will be talking cannabis law, cancer and cannabis, and why she couldn't be prouder of her daughter's decision to write her eighth grade paper on the importance of medical marijuana. Welcome to the Cannamom Show, Sheila Gibson of Aura IP Law out in California. Welcome, Sheila. Welcome for having me. Yeah, so I do a little COVID check-in these days, and I've actually seen Amy quite a bit. So let's just do you. How's your? (laughs) How's it out there in California? What's going down? (laughs) California, you know, it's it's good. It was the first few weeks of COVID nineteen quarantine were rainy, and so it was quite easy to stay home, and you know, it felt nice just stay under the covers. Oh yeah, watch the rainfall because we don't get a lot of rain here, so we marvel at it. But um. Yeah, now it's really sunny out. So I think it's going to start to get a little bit, you know, harder and get a little more crazy inside the house. But again, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been snowing and it's April. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. We had a little snowstorm a few days ago. And even, I think yesterday there was a little snow squall or two days ago. It's weird. Yeah. So be happy uh, you're not out here. Are you, did you grow uh, up there? Are you a Californian? Yes. I'm yeah. born, I was born five miles from where I live. So yeah. I didn't oh, okay. Get far. <laughs> so. <That's> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. I went across the river and my mother won't visit because it's too far. It's all the way across. 
I can't. It's, <laughs> I'd have to stay for so days far. and days. I'm like, you were really? just so far away. <laughs> Um, all right, let's talk about you because we've talked about us a lot this week because it was 420. Happy 420 on Monday. Oh, yeah, happy 420. And um, so let's start with the name of your um, your law firm, Aura. Aura. Mean, you think of yourself as a caregiver. You have a you have a nice little story about how you came to that decision and why you are li- why you were in this world right now. Yeah. So you know, it started out that I, my last name is Gibson, but that's not my maiden name. That's my married name. But I've been divorced longer than I was married at this point. And so it's sort of just this name I'm, I have. It matches my kids, which is really cool. But, um, <laughs> Mine doesn't because I was too lazy <laughs> to change it. And I was a divorce attorney. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so. I, was, uh, I was trying to figure out what, you know, what I'm not really my maiden name anymore. I'm not really my married name anymore. I'm just sort of this, this beam. So um I was going through and I just kept coming back to Aura. My maiden name is Ariola, which um, is really fun when everyone likes to ask, oh, do you know what that means? That's a rough one. Yeah. 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 That's a tough one. <laughs> so, uh, but this, the, it sounds a lot like the Spanish word for Aura, which is Aureola. And so I, I just kept coming back to Aura. And as I, as I did that, it, I started to think about what the what the aura colors of my firm would be. Okay. Um, and the first one I came to was yellow because yellow is creativity, invention, innovation, and um, very much you know I'm I'm an Aquarius through and through, so I'm very very yellow. Okay. Um, and so that felt good. And then I was trying to think what other c- colors would be in there, and green came next, which was the healing properties because I was very focused on cannabis. Um, and really restoring the healing properties of that plant and restoring that reputation. And so green was the next color that I chose from um, the, the aura colors. And then um, I was talking to a coach. I have a life coach that I've been working with for a very long time. And I said, well, what other color should I use? And she said, well, you need grounding, you know, remember <laughs> so she said, you know, well, you need to put red. And so I was like, oh, those colors don't, I don't know if that would look good together. And then when I, because I don't have any imaginations, then when I put it all together, I was like, wow, wait, oh my gosh, this is so meant to be, you know, once I saw, okay, this is yellow, green, and red, you know, this is just exactly what, and I picked them based on the aura colors. That's interesting. Oh, so I'm, a, so nice. I'm a quilter. I'm sort of visual. Um, but the whole idea of like having a pop of red in anything is because that's what your eye is drawn to, especially in, you know, fabrics. So, you know, oh. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a center. I mean, that must be why it's the grounding because it's where your eye actually goes first. So that's really, yeah, see the weird things I know from quilting. (laughs) But you are, but again, you're an intellectual property attorney. So you aren't like, I mean, I wouldn't actually think of that as hippy dippy, thinking about colors, living in the, you know, you're living in sort of like concrete, hardcore law. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Patent attorneys in in particular are probably, you know, sorry to any other patent attorneys who might be listening, probably some of the most boring people in the world. Like we are just... (laughs) We're very cut and dry, like very black and white. Um, so yeah, I yeah. which she was suggesting these this colorful look. You know, every the last firm I worked at was like blue and white. So yeah. you know, which is right, right, I think right. every firm I worked at was blue and white. So you know. I, I, I mean, that is I gotta say that's a daring color combination. I would never do it. Like I was thinking about as it turns of quilting, but now I'm gonna try it. Like green and yellow with a pop of red. That's like that's actually nature. Think of like what's coming up in nature now, like all the flowers and the. Yeah. Well, those are Rasta colors too. So yeah, you that's know. true. Yeah. All right. So you're on the <laughs> awesome. groove. All right. So you're in this. Um, were you working in Ohio? Is that how you kind of started with your loft stuff? So how- I was. My firm was based in Ohio. I was still working here in Long Beach, actually from home. Okay. And um, my firm was based in Ohio. And so it about. And I don't know if you want me to go into this yet about how my journey. Works. Oh yeah. So yeah, we're going there. So sure. I usually start with your cannabis story, but I like the I sure. like the story about your um. Your, your colors, just because I too am an attorney, so I can be a little dry and organized and particularly, you know, focus on things. And this whole world has sort of changed my understanding of how you see things. So you've yeah. clearly had the same <laughs> transformation. Nice. So it's a really nice logo. Yeah. Anyway, so it is, yeah. it's like very, it's um, I love the colors. Yeah. So I'm going to find my logo too. Oh, we're going to get there. So let's go to Ohio. Start. Let's, cause we're going to get to your convicted felon. You crazy okay, woman. Yes, you, yes. You're like, she's a patent attorney with felon friends. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're in Ohio. Oh, you're working in your legal law firm. Okay. Yeah, so I was working from home, um, and I was uh, the firm was based in Ohio. And about twenty, right after actually Prop sixty four, I started to think really seriously about you know what I just to come to understand cannabis um, 
And we'll actually back up a little bit before that. What had happened is I was working primarily with cancer immunology patents. I had a huge client and we built the portfolio from a single patent application to hundreds of patent applications we were prosecuting all around the world. And it was all about cancer immunotherapy, cancer immunotherapy products. It was very promising. It was very up and coming. And so I, you know, at the time, and I was also working with a couple other cancer uh, researchers. So at the time I was working with some of the leading cancer researchers in the United States and, and, and abroad, actually, I had some that were abroad as well. Um, and my main client, after 14 years working on the portfolio, switched their focus from cancer to diabetes because they had a diabetes product that was going through FDA approval and the FDA was just draining them just with requirement after requirement of we need more toxicity data, we need more safety data, we need, need more patient data. And so they had to make the difficult decision to stop their cancer research. And where that left me was I just spent 14 years, I mean, every like blood, sweat, tears, I invested every part of me into this patent portfolio. And it was just done. It was just like, okay, just let them go abandoned. That, that okay. is like, I, I think people don't understand that about the law either. Because I, I was a family law attorney and nothing ever get finished, but I would kill myself trying to make sure things are perfect. And then they would dismiss the case. So they would get back together or they wouldn't even like care that I, I was just, I was, whatever. You invest so much energy in something and when there's no product at the end of it, it's, it's just, it drains you. It really does. Oh, especially, if, especially, especially if you're like the kind of person, you know, like you want to do a good job. That's why you're doing that. And you really are doing a good job. And then they're like, all right, that's fine. Move on. Oh. Like, what about me? <laughs> I know. And what do you, right. What do you do? What am I doing? Is this how I'm spending my time? It's crazy. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. There was okay. just this crisis. And like, did it mean anything? Did I make yeah. a difference? Did I like, why did I even do this? Yeah. You know? So, um, so then, you know, I was trying to get back with it. You know, you, you got to keep yourself in the game. So it was just like, well, I started to follow cancer patient accounts online um, just to, to really remember my purpose, that there was a reason I was doing all of this. And, you know, the, there was a bigger goal in this that was, you know, so much bigger than me. And so I started to follow any patient accounts I could find that were open. So that was on CaringBridge and some on Instagram. And one of the accounts I started to follow was Sophie Ryan. And that's Tracy Ryan's daughter of Canna Kids. And at the time I started following her, she might have been about two. Just if you want to um, tell us a little bit of the story in case people don't know kind of how this. Yeah. Yes. So Sophie's and in her Instagram bio, all it said was, um, you know, Sophie Ryan, she had a um, brain tumor diagnosed at eight and a half months old and her parents were treating her with cannabis. And I was fascinated. And, you know, it was just not from a like, but just like, wow, this is, there's something there because nobody's going, you know, I just wanted to know more. So I, 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 w I watched her story unfold for years and just the results she was getting. And mind you, I'm following at the time, not just her, but I'm following a bunch of different cancer patients, right? So I'm seeing all of their journeys side by side. And then I also know everything that I've learned from working in patents and, and working with all these researchers. So I don't just know what's available in the, you know, in the hospital, I know what people are working on, you know, what's in clinical trials, what people are working on in animal studies, what's in the lab, what's up and coming that's promising. I mean, I was, I, I knew all of this and I'm looking at this little girl and just the results they were getting, it was just inexplicable. You know, it was what, just- you, What year was this? Do you remember what year you started um, It her? was probably, I want to say 2014, 15-ish. Because we kind of have to keep remembering, like I- Okay, so people keep saying cannabis years are like dog years. So I've been doing this for two years, so it's really 14. But things are changing so fast. You know, that 2014 isn't that long ago, really. And, right, you know, it's, it's, it's so much, I don't know, it's a, it's a big shift from 2014 of what people thought cannabis was. Right, yeah. right. So, yeah. you know, it, it, was, it was shocking, but for me in, a, in an intriguing way. Yeah. Just, and especially a baby, you know, you're thinking, yeah. okay, they're, wow. Okay. So, and I went back to the, you know, looked back to the beginning of her story and I'm only looking at pictures, but her mom is incredibly intelligent, very good at communicating her daughter's story. And so you're able to follow along. I mean, she was posting the scans, um, just posting everything just to get the word out and to educate people about what they were doing. Mm -hmm. um, and they're actually, if you're interested in the story, 
Weed the People is an amazing, 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 amazing documentary. And so that story is about, um, and so they were following Sophie the entire time. So Ricky Lake um, and her, I, and I, I'm blinking on the name of the other woman, but they approached the family early on and asked if they could document the story. And so they documented. So, after, you know, years later, I was able to watch it in the documentary. And that was. But in case anyone does it. So Weed the People, you can get it, your home, listening, go find it on <laughs> somewhere. I think it's on Netflix. Is it on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Yeah. And it's just this really amazing story of um, families of all different um, religious identities, cultural identities, who all have sick children and have all found a way that cannabis is helping their families. So this isn't a political, moral issue. You know, this is really, you know, this is a medicine. And it's kind of like when you cross those kind of barriers because of your children's health, that's changing minds really quickly. Right. And so we the people, I was one of those first things I'd seen that I was sort of blown away by. Right. It's like proof right there. It's working right. for them. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. On Sheila, so, Thompson, so our actual guest. <laughs> I was following Sophie's story and, you know, the more that I followed it, the more I really started to question so many things about, you know, what is this and why don't we know about it and, and what, why, you know, especially having spent so much time in that cancer research with traditional, traditional Western medicine, you know, and, and like, why are we not offering this? And why is this not available? And why is this family having such a hard time? Um, and so that sort of led me down a path of, of what can I do to help? Um, and at the time, I didn't see a way because I was an IP attorney, you know, cannabis was illegal. It was just like, doesn't really match up. Like, what, what can I offer? Can you imagine, um, like, my nephew wants to go to law school at some point. So I'm telling him, go into cannabis law. I mean, this is the thing to do. And um, totally. It just, I'm like, my son's 21. So I graduated law school 22 years ago. And uh, I'm like, can't even imagine, like, you know, health law, medical law, criminal law, cannabis law. That would. <laughs> oh, I'm right. part of, we started the cannabis law section of our county bar association. Yay! I think so nice. Yeah. All the time we teach law schools about cannabis law. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like it's, I and I got to go back to my my law school and I hadn't been there in twenty years. We went to the um, where my contracts class was. And wow. I got to talk to students in my contracts classroom about cannabis law. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like that's crazy. That's amazing. And then it was me. You know, I'm sure <laughs> if they had right. the voting, like person most likely to go into cannabis law like i would have been at the very bottom <laughs> well yeah the maternal voice of cannabis no that's not really <laughs> <laughs> right so people you never know you just never know what's going to happen all right so yeah. you're, you're having this epiphany you're an i you know you're, yeah, so you're I, a patent attorney and you're like yeah i want to be in cannabis that's, yeah, okay <laughs> yeah i just i couldn't make the mental i couldn't make the connection of how i yeah. could um, until it's, it started to seem um, that there was some trademark protection, or at least people were getting creative about trademark protection. And at the, and at the time, it was a very state law-based protection. So it was, it was clear that your, your best, well, it isn't your best, it's sort of a mixed bag, but one of the components you wanted into, into your protection scheme was that you wanted to have a state trademark in addition to whatever federal trademark that you can get, which isn't plant touching, and we can talk about that. But... Um, I'm a California lawyer. And the funny thing about California, California is super snobbish about their California bar exam being you know, the hardest in the country. And so they don't allow other lawyers to wave into California. And so all uh, 49 other states said, we don't accept California license to practice in our states. So you're pretty much landlocked. You, you're great. You passed the what? quote unquote hardest bar, but you can only practice here and never anywhere right. else. Oh my huh. God. I actually, so I had a friend. So I always say I took the bar pregnant and I passed, which I was part of. But I had a friend, <laughs> but that's not the most. So my friend was also pregnant at the same time. And then her husband decided to move them to Pennsylvania and she had to take it again. She was had a toddler. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and she passed. And I'm like, that's better than me. That's insane. <laughs> that's yeah, like, a toddler. Can we move you to a state where you could just transfer your? <laughs> your superhuman right. skills yeah all right, right. <laughs> all right. so um yeah so in 2017 i was getting much more serious about helping cannabis um and and i should back up one of the things that i was really focused on is, is why do i want to do this and um i did a lot of i mentioned my life coach we did a lot of work like shamanism type really connecting with my why which was the plan you know and, and 
in a lot of ways, I think I identify with the plant because the plant was so misunderstood and just trying to bring back its reputation and honor it and restore its, you know, reputation as a healing plant. Because in my life, I've always been misunderstood, like hashtag team Aquarius, like just always, nobody understands us. We just, we're quirky, we're weird, it's, it's okay. But, you know, and just, so my connection was with the plant. And when I started to think about what can I do to restore it, one of the ways was if, if there were brands, if people recognized it as a brand and as an established company or as, or had access or knew how to, you know, decide um, what type of plant, you know, what strain, you know, that's what cultivar you want and what effects and what companies, if, if there was branding around it, that that would really help to restore people's confidence. And so I decided that I could help with trademarks, but being in California, I was pretty limited to just helping in California. California. Yeah. So in 2017, I flew to Alaska for my first time in Alaska ever. And I took the bar exam in Alaska. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, oh because God. it's a UBE state. So it's a universal bar yeah, yeah, yeah. that I can wave into about 30 other states. So, um, you know, because I didn't know how long it was going to be. How old were your kids? You know, you know, you were running a practice. You were like, you were doing all your other stuff. And you took, wow, that's yeah. great. How old were your yeah. kids when you did that? Uh, my kids were, let's see, they're, they're 13 and 15 now. And that was three years ago. So, oh. yeah, they were. And it, I didn't tell my firm because I didn't know. Well, first of all, I didn't know if I could pass. So I was, I didn't want to go through all that. So I was like studying, you know, as much as I could at night. And then did any of it come back? Any of the federal law? Did any of it? No, none. none no, yeah. I was it's a, it's a bummer. And the night before it asking, what's personal jurisdiction? What's, what's subject matter jurisdiction? Why are they different? Like it was terrible. What is civil procedure? Is that a process? I thought there's something about it's, that. Oh my God. There's 15 topics, right? And uh-huh. I've done zero of so, them. So if you are, so if you are a practicing attorney, you, you graduate law school. They make you learn federal law, like every area of federal law, for whatever random reason. And then when you practice, you don't really just practice state law. You practice like the most specific area of state law. <laughs> so you go from this sort of vast idea that you have to know everything to the idea that you have to know so much about this little thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's a crazy system. I don't. A men designed it. I don't know. And for power, <laughs> so I don't. You know, I don't know anything about court procedure. I don't even. I had nothing. It was just. <laughs> but you did it. You a bunch of useless information. But you did. All right. So you passed, and now you can practice your trademark stuff. The trademark. Yeah. So I passed, and um, and then that's when it became evident that I was getting more and more serious about cannabis law, and my law firm uh, really wasn't supportive of that because they were in Ohio and uh, it was still completely illegal there. And they didn't really recognize it as a business development plan as, as a viable personal development plan as, you know, good client growth. And so they, they just didn't, you know, I just wasn't getting the support that I needed. They didn't really understand the order. I wasn't getting the support I needed from my firm. You know, they, they wouldn't reimburse me for the bar. They wouldn't reimburse me. They weren't approving all of my, like if I wanted to go to um, the, I can't think of the name, CWCBE, whatever that actually, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, if I wanted to go to the cannabis conferences, it was like, well, we don't really know if that's a, you know, legitimate business development. And so um, I was getting really frustrated and it was around the time. Actually, Imagine. Yes. Yeah. My God, you have a great idea. That's like a brilliant f- idea. And like, can't even see it. That's crazy. It's a money making idea. That's what I don't think people understand. Like right. it's hard, but it's a thing that makes yeah. money. Yeah. In business. So, <laughs> Whatever, go on. Um, I was I was having drinks with Nicole West one night. Yes, I explained who Nicole West is and why it's so funny that you she helped you set up your law practice. And so Nicole West is amazing. Nicole West is the first uh, white collar cannabis criminal. Actually, I think I heard her say she's the second because her best friend Ashley Goldstein. So Nicole's lawyer was late, and so uh, Ashley Goldstein went first that day. So. Ashley's the first, Nicole was seconds later. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, and they, and it was for a, you know, something really ridiculous having to do with what else, trying to interpret these regulations, these laws that are coming out, having to do with what is a transaction. Did a transaction right. mean per day, per visit, per, and she did everything possible to try and get clarification on the law. She wrote to lawmakers and you know, really tried to, she has emails where she's like, does this mean? And they said, we don't know. 
And so mm-hmm. she went with what she, you know, understood it to mean. And then they, they got her for looping because trans- per transaction meant per day. Mm. But they didn't write per day. They wrote per transaction. So they were basically right. setting her up. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it, it was, it's a horrible, like, really painful story. And, and she's amazing with how she's come through that. And um, I, I met her just um, actually a friend of, of mine when I started to get serious about cannabis was like, oh, I know someone who, who's involved in cannabis and introduced us. That's funny. Yeah. So we uh, saw her. Amy and I went to Vegas in December when we could still leave our houses. And yeah. uh it was like Thelma and Louise went to Vegas. We got a Mustang. We drove around and we went to this uh, women's event where Nicole was, um, she must have been the afternoon. She was a headline. No. Well, she spoke in the afternoon. So that was the first time. She was time amazing. I heard, yeah. The what first time I heard her story. Yeah. Oh, she. Uh, what uh, a story. Incredible. Yeah. Ah. And so, so, um, right, yeah, so she, so have... she went to jail. So she's a convicted felon. Is she, what is she? Yeah. She's a convicted <laughs> felon. Okay. Crazy. Yeah, and so so when I met her was before the felony. So I met her a few years before that, and what actually when I met her it was it was amazing. So he, uh, my friend had suggested that we meet. So he said, "Well, let's go get get a drink together." So he and I were there, and and I had my drink. And Nicole walks in, sits down. The bartender clearly knows her, and she said she orders. I don't even remember what she ordered because I just remember my feeling of being like, "Oh my gosh!" Like so. She, I was just in awe. Like, like a, I'm like, a, can I touch her? Yeah. <laughs> she real? It's like when we met Stormy Simon. We're like, oh, yeah. We're this close. That was great. Hi. Yeah, it was, it was sort of like meeting Beyonce. Like, she just yeah. walks in with authority and she sits down and she orders some sort of, and I always mess this up. Jameson is whiskey, right? She orders yeah. some sort of, you know, nice whiskey with a Jameson back. Okay. And I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> So I was, you know, I was very intimidated when I, you know, and yeah, yeah. I didn't know, I found out later, that's the day she found out that they were, that they were looking oh, into. No yeah. wonder. So Something's yeah, it had been a day. <laughs> so, and she still came and talked to you. Yeah. She still, <laughs> and she was amazing. You know, she was amazing then too. She's just an incredible, incredible person. So and when you, so, so she, so she was, she had gone to, so you knew her for a while. She'd gone to jail. How long was she actually? She was in for 19 days. And so um, I knew her. She didn't tell me until right before. Okay. Uh, She was really, she dealt with all of that on her own, just kind of internalized. You know how women are. We try, we don't ask. It's it's always our fault. I had this epiphany last year when I realized it's not me. Like I'm exceptional. Like the reason things keep going badly is because the structures suck. And everyone told us we could do everything and we can't. We're just human people. We're just people. We can right, have babies yeah. and we can take the bar pregnant. I can use my brain and my uterus, but we can't literally do everything. Like just, we can't do it. No. <laughs> so yeah, we just feel shitty about ourselves all the time. It's our generation too. I think it's like particular. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway. So, so yeah. So she's awesome, but she's trying to handle it herself. Yeah. Yeah. So she, when I met, when we met up for drinks that one night, I was really particularly frustrated. I think that was when they told me uh, they were giving me trouble about a cannabis event I wanted to go to and, um, and I was just so frustrated and I was, I was venting to her and she said, why don't you start? Or she said, no, she said, what's stopping you from starting your own law firm? And it was something about the way she said it. Like it wasn't, why don't you start? It's like, what's stopping you? You know, the way that she, and it was like, huh, you know, I sort of paused and I didn't really have an answer for her. Um, right. and when I don't have an answer, I, I, I wanted to find the answer. So, um, the way that she said that, and that was, that was in October of 2018, I think. Does she remember, or, ta- does she remember saying that to you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-oh. Cause sometimes I'll say things to people and they'll be like, wow, that really impacted me. But I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know any influence. <laughs> right. That's great. That's good. Yeah. And she, and she was so positive about it. And she said, you know, the cannabis industry needs you and oh, you know, nice. she's very, very positive about it. And um, invited uh, another colleague of hers to come join us. And, you know, they were really like, oh, she's, this is her experience and it would be perfect. And this is what we need. And, you know, so it really stuck with me, but then, um, then she ended up going to jail. And so. It's um, a five by one. You're like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like, yeah, like, you're like, <laughs> but you know, she was doing it for, I don't know. She was, she was set up and she's like a scapegoat for so many totally things. It's just absurd. Up. So, but she handled it beautifully and she moved on. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so it was sort of, it was a seed that was planted and I just kind of left it there. 
um, went through the rest of the year and, um, and then everything sort of blew up at my firm, um, at the end of the year. And, um, I was, I, I don't know if I was her first text. I, I, she didn't text me, but I was texting her thinking, oh, you know, there's probably, she, she runs a marketing uh, firm. Right. And so I was thinking there was probably someone there that would answer the phone. Well, it turns out it was her cell phone. So I was texting her saying, hey, um, is, is anybody working? Because I, I really want to talk to you about getting a website. And I got a text back saying, I'm about to take my first real shower in 19 days. Can I call oh you back? God. And I was like, you're out. Like, I was so wow. happy. Um, so that was meant to be. It was meant yeah, to be. It was right. just, totally. That's awesome. So, so, it, so that was 2018? Is that when that she was two, That was two, early 2019 now. So 2019, she, okay. When she got out, got home, um, I told her, you know, can you build me a website in less than 30 days? And she was like, I'm on it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So she had maybe two weeks to build me a website and, at least because I wanted to launch it on my birthday. Um, oh, nice. So I felt like it should be an Aquarius too. Good. <laughs> yes. yes. I love it. Yeah, it's, your, um, it's your baby. It's like. Yeah. You know. So I, I launched it on my 45th birthday. And so she. Muzzle tov. <laughs> so she worked really hard to um, to get it built up and launched. And yeah. Here we are. So, like that, it might have been her first project out of, out of prison. Like I don't know how to jail. Wow. I don't know. I know you're like her like. Wow. um Oh, you know, that, that, that little light, the spark, the yellow, the hope, the green at the end of our tunnel. You're like bringing it back to life. I love that. All right. So it was like, hurry up, get home, take your shower and let's get back on. You don't have time to like (laughs) think about what happened. Move forward. All right. So I know, um, so let's just talk a little about, uh, what you're seeing in cancer and cannabis. Is that something you're talking about now? Or are you thinking about talking in the future? Do you want to talk about your clients? What's, you know, what are you doing? I know. How are you focusing your business right now? Who are you focused on? So right now I, I do, so I do, I did add trademarks. So I do okay. patents and trademarks and I okually okay. do, I'm doing more copyright work now than I have ever done. Okay. Um, so just I, to- I had to trademark my own, the Canon Mom show. I did it all by myself with my friend. It was very hard. And, <laughs> and I kept thinking I should stop. And I'm like, I went to law school. I can do this. I can. <laughs> but my smart patent friend would tell me like how to, what boxes to check or, cause if you don't fill out the forms, right. Well, and that's the thing about yeah. the USPTO. So it's not, and patent attorneys have this reputation for being like foreign, I don't know, but it really is a foreign language. The USPTO, it's working with a government. It body, is. It's, a for, it's you, another language. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had a, I didn't realize this until cannabis, but I've had a federal practice my entire life. I don't go to court, but I work with a government agency, which is right. almost a nightmare. Like the way that they, they just, everything is so convoluted. Everything is, is so complex simple tasks they make as difficult as possible it's like they intentionally did like how can we make this more difficult oh I think it was intentional I remember remember, like studying for the bar like because you have one I mean not your bar for like my first year law classes so you have one test you take a whole year of class and you have one test and I literally didn't understand civil procedure was a process until the very end of it because of the way they teach it so convoluted and I'm like this was designed by men like there's no reason for us to suffer like this like night after night just tell us the process you file a complaint you answer the complaint. Just do it like you're teaching kindergartners. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> and so, and patent law is pretty bad. Yeah. It's worse, like way worse, which is crazy because it's so much more accessible to people. People know more about trademarks than they do about patents, but somehow the patent office made or trademark office made that as difficult as possible. And then there's things on the application you can't change. If you get wrong, you have to start over. I think that's how they fund themselves. Like oh, yeah. I, I so what kind of businesses are you seeing who's what kind of tra- can you talk about things that yeah. you're seeing so, and it, you're all over the country now so i always have been so my biggest okay. client is actually a biotech uh, medical device client in australia so i've always oh. had clients oh, yeah. all over the world. okay all right um i have some from the uk and then in terms of so so this is sort of my legacy clients i still do my biotech and my medical device practice but all of my business development professional development focus is in cannabis and so um, I do have com- um, clients both on the patent and the trademark side that are cannabis clients. I'd say my practice now is pretty split. My clients are probably 50% cannabis and then workload is probably 50% trademarks, 50% patents. I get a call from the school one day. My eighth grader, her teacher, her English teacher calls and she said, so um, Sophie um, came up to me and said she wants to write about medicinal cannabis. And I said, Wow, that's great. 
you're okay with that? And I was like, yes, I'm okay. Like, I think that's wonderful that, you know, it means, you know, she's interested in what I'm doing and she's like, wait, what? So um, she didn't realize that I, that that's the area of, they knew I'm an attorney, but she didn't realize that I was doing uh, cannabis law. And so um, she said, well, okay. So, you know, I, I initially told her she could do it, but then I talked to the principal and the principal said, she's a little nervous. Um, she's worried because it's, um, and she said it can be offensive. And I was like, well, first of all, it's a plant. It can't really offend you. It can be controversial, right. but right. I don't know how you're offended by it. But anyway, so <laughs> she said, we're going to let her write it, but she can't present it to the class and she can't have it out at open house. <laughs> and so I went with it. And guess what? Nobody's having it out <laughs> at open house now. So, <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. That is so crazy. That's crazy. Um, so, um, so yeah, I went with it and it turned out, it was amazing. Like she, cause I didn't want to influence her. So what yeah. I did is I just helped her find her sources. Cause, oh, she said the other thing is she didn't know if she'd be able to find five credible sources. Oh, interesting. Hmm. But yeah. it, I, I mean, there's lots of document Israeli studies. There's all sorts of uh, whatever. Yeah. There's lots of stuff out there. Right. I was so like, I'm going to have a hard time. Like just narrow it down. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> right. Exactly. I helped her, you know, just to make sure she had sources she could understand and that the teacher would consider a reputable source. Um, And then I just let her go with it. And she came to me one day with her draft. It was amazing because you know how they say to write to an eighth grade level, right? Well, an eighth grader can write at an eighth grade level. And she somehow summarized, you know, all the way from the Mexican revolution and about cannabis and versus marijuana and, you know, why the marijuana became a term to she got wow. to one she got to the con, you know controlled substances act she Good went Lord. all the way to um you know the states taking over she got to banking and the issue with banking and it's five pages you know double space and Holy she moly. like yeah and it was so cool because there wasn't there wasn't the anything limiting there's nothing holding her back so she, she talks about the government you know she talks about the government as you know they knew better or they did this or they you know it, and right. at first I was like, Oh, you can't say that. And I was like, you know what? You can, you say that. Say right. it. It was, you know? it was completely political. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, Oh my God, know? that's amazing. So does she, okay. So my kids think it's funny that this is what I do. And I don't necessarily talk to them about cannabis. I mean, now I do. Cause they roll me joints, whatever. But, but you know, like when they were 13 or 15, we weren't really having these conversations. So, um, how do you talk to them about it? Like what is, they know it's your job, obviously, but they do. Um, and we've seen we, the people, they know all about right. Sophie and I, I, I've met Sophie. Oh, that's now. true. That's true. They know very personal. That's um, true. It's very personal for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they know, and it's funny, even last night I told Sophie, I said, um, I said my stomach hurt cause I ate an entire, like, well, the two of us polished off a whole bag of chips ahoy. And so, um, I was like, my life in quarantine, either look like yeah. this or you're like, <laughs> and she's like, Maybe you should just go try some cannabis. You know, it's it's just it's what normalized. We, You're normalizing it. Yeah. You know, she comes home from volleyball and her she's got aches and pains. She'll want me to rub some cannabis, you know, on yeah. her. Aww. They don't really ask for Tylenol anymore. That's just That's it's just normal. All right. So um I think I need to take a quick break. We're gonna we're coming up on our time. We're gonna do a quick promotion for our bong from mom campaign, which we can talk about. And then on the other side, a few more minutes with our great guest, maybe do a little bit of Amy's favorite things. And that's a show, kids. All right, we'll be right back. Hey Aim, guess what? We have something big coming up. I know this is very exciting. And I can't wait because it's something that it's hopeful, it's happy, and it's exciting, right? Absolutely. Okay, kids, everyone who's listening, we are starting a new campaign here at the Canna Mom Show. This is a campaign for attention because there are so many great stories out there. We want you to hear them all. And this is what we're doing to help have them heard. Mm-hmm. Because do you believe that cannabis has the potential to transform the world? And our love, justice, goodness, and hope, the words that warm your heart, then you are going to love our campaign, A Bong for mom yay! (laughs) (laughs) for the next six weeks amy and i and all of our friends all of our cannabis mom show ambassadors will be focused on educating and entertaining people about cannabis by building our audience and getting their stories out into the world here's how they're helping and how you can help too the cannabis mom show is creating a home for all the stories that need to be told because that is what moms do and our founding guest and friend of the show, we're going to help us find more people to hear their stories, and they're going to help more people know us too. 
Mm-hmm. And this is what we're doing, Aim. Do you know what we're doing? I think I know what we're doing. Okay, what's today? <laughs> what's today? Today is March 19th, and the significance is it's... It is my mother's 85th birthday. That's great. And my mother's now in lockdown, but we are going to go mm. bring our ice cream later, but we are launching this, a bong for mom campaign, hashtag, a bong for mom. Or bong for mom. Yep. Got that? Both. Both. <laughs> and our goal is going to reach 5,000 listeners for the Canon Mom Show by May 10th, which is Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Yay. <laughs> and doesn't mom need a bong for mom? <laughs> <laughs> so the way this is going to work is over the next six weeks, they're going to be hearing a lot from us. Our mm-hmm. ambassadors are going to be pushing out their show on their social networks. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make it a little bit of a competition. Mm-hmm. So the show that gets the most downloads are going to get a gift on my birthday, mm-hmm. May 11th. The Canna Mom Show with the most episodes, downloads, will get a gift from me, the bong quilt. And this is something to be seen. When it took her, she was like a maniac with the quilting. <laughs> I was she, very stressed. She was stressed <laughs> and she put all of her energy into creating. And what better thing to create than a, a quilt with a beautiful black velvet bong on it. It's pretty it's cool. gorgeous. <laughs> so you can see it. It's we really nice. It'll be up on our Facebook it's page. It's up on my LinkedIn. It's She's my amazing. LinkedIn, uh, picture. So <laughs> from our podcast po- perch, we can see that the wide and far of this industry, and we understand that the transformations are to come. Yes. And Amy and I, well, we love talking about cannabis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we like meeting all the hardworking women in this business and we love that this is an emerging industry and we believe all those stories need to be heard totally so starting today march 19th yes um with this episode that we are releasing today about get to know your host we are going to be talking about the bong quilt get to know all the shows and it's going to be great and i hope that you will join us because you know when all this crazy is over cannabis is still going to be there that's right it'll be there for you it'll be there for you so thank you and remember to focus (laughs) on the cannon mom show and follow the hashtag a bong for mom and bong for mom bong bong (laughs) (laughs) we're back with our guest sheila gibson from aura ip law we're just talking about her amazing eighth grade daughter well i will say so my son was a um he had a band when he was in eighth grade called the angry toddlers and (laughs) <laughs> they had to give in the lyrics to one of the, the songs they were going to sing. I think it was like a Green Day song that probably had like fuck or swear. It had swears in it. I know it did. And they were banned from singing that song at the eighth grade talent show. I know. And they Aww. did a really good rendition of Josh was like Green Day. He was Green Day. Back then. <laughs> so you shouldn't be, you know, our kids are smart. Let them be smart. Let them do what they need to do. All right. So, totally. Amy, do you have anything yes. you want to talk about today? Because you are in quarantine, but you're still talking about stuff I'm talking about <laughs> stuff you know I'm yeah. not buying things but you know I'm reading things online and looking at products and you know stuff like that so anyway there's a new book well not a new book there's a 15th anniversary book called it's just a plant and it just got re-released and it's a children's book on cannabis and you know if you're a parent who smokes you could talk it you could talk to your kids about it and even if you're a parent who doesn't smoke, it's just a way to sort of open up the conversation, um, especially now with so many parents being at home, trying to homeschool, you know, this could be a nice opportunity to That's open actually up good. the conversation and just begin the normalizing process. We could and, read it to uh, them. You could-, <laughs> you could get the picture book and it's beautiful. Um, uh, the illustrator and writer is uh, Ricardo Cortez. He's from Brooklyn. That's pretty cool. And uh, I will put that up on the link. But yeah, maybe Amy yeah, and I we and can read it. We can, do, it we can do a YouTube special of me, the Canamons reading. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. And uh, you can get his book at justaplant.com. So that's something that that's I great. want to yeah. highlight. And then it was Earth Day yesterday. And, you know, we talk about how cannabis can really save the planet in so many ways. It can Everything. save the planet, you know, scientifically, financially, you know, medicinally. I mean, the list goes on, right? Everything. Yep. So, uh, yeah, everything. Personally, so universally. Ways, yeah, everything. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so here are just five quick ways that cannabis can save the planet. So, and uh, hemp provides sustainable alternative goods. Yep. So t- from textiles, paper, housing, Food and fuel. Hemp crate. So many uses for hemp. 
Yes. And it's a zero waste plant. Everything from the seeds can be eaten or used in wellness products. I mean, to make eco-friendly houses. Crazy, right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) The other way, outdoor cannabis cultivation can help reverse climate change. People listening. Yeah. (laughs) I mean... It's true. There are certain farms in, uh, there's a farm in Mendocino County. They utilize a carbon sequestration model and it captures the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere to help mitigate uh, global warming and reduce uh, the consequences of climate change. Crazy, right? Crazy. I mean, really, these are real Uh, things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Also, hemp can revive damaged soil. Yes. Talked about this. Uh, (laughs) Yes, we have. (laughs) It helps replenish the nutrients in the soil through a product called bioremediation. I mean, it's literally been referred to as a miracle crop due to um, due to the way it uh, decontaminizes. Uh, the soil from pesticides, solvents, crude oil, and other hazardous materials. It's crazy. Okay, one more way and I'll go. Uh, hemp can also help stop deforestation. Yes. Because, uh, I mean, Amy, explain how this works. <laughs> it's nuts. Uh, so it grows faster than trees, much faster, and it takes less hemp to produce the same amount of goods. So it makes it an excellent raw alternative to both wood and paper. I mean, it's a no-brainer. We need to be harvesting this everywhere, legally. Just remember, we've been 100 years. It's been 100 years of, take, of taking this out, and it's not been good Ugh. for our Earth. So in this Earth Day, we're going to, like, reinvigorate yeah. the Earth by remembering that hemp is part of our planet. I don't know why That's the right. white guys decided that it had to be gone, but it should come back. It was just like the just like you should read, 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 yeah, read Sheila's. We're going to post Sheila's daughter's paper online. You can all understand (laughs) from the perspective of an eighth grader. There you go, because she knows and she won't grow up in the stigma. She won't grow up with the misinformation that we did. She understands her generation understands, and we can move forward with how we're going to heal ourselves because that's a hundred years, a hundred years of misinformation. But we're going to fix it, right? Sheila, you're going to help us plant, free the plant. Liberate the plant. Liberate the plant. <laughs> exactly. Let's have our signs and guns, you know. No guns. Pounding on windows <laughs> like those crazy walking dead people <laughs> protesting. That was. Okay. I do like to talk pot, politics, and religion, but oh. I'm just going to leave that alone right now. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Off oh, my soapbox. We're good. All and, right. So, people yeah, have. We're good. Right, so, <laughs> Sheila, so um, back to you. A couple more minutes. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Do you want to talk about a little about what do you think of the, I don't know, some future issues for cannabis law or what is going out? California is kind of special, but you're seeing it from a, a global perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, California, you know, is so unique. So one thing that we've started and that I'm working on now is uh, Appalachians of Origin, which is a lot treating cannabis a lot like wine. So different types of wine that are um, you can only categorize them based on where those grapes are grown and how they're grown and the soil that they're in and looking at those sorts of characteristics. Smart. Yeah, That's so, so great. I they love it. Release those regulations uh, maybe about a month ago. I think the comment period ends May 6th. I'm completely um, invested in those right now and because it's a lot like a certification trademark. So you won't be able to say, let's say if there's an appellation for Humble or for Medicino County, you won't be able to use those terms as part of your marketing unless you truly are, um, you know, the cannabis is truly grown there in those conditions, whatever the conditions that they establish for that appellation. So smart. Um, That's just, you know, the idea that this really is um, very, it's a living plant it's alive so every place just like humans no matter where you are it impacts you so it's so important to talk about it that way it's not just the the baggie you got from your friend in high school out of the window this is really anyone who doesn't know that yet i mean they have to be saying it personalized medicine it's personalized down to the terpene yeah down to the terpene and i was talking to um kara reed yesterday from the women empowered in cannabis and i always talk about how like this has to stop being a moral issue that's an issue of biology but she was interesting. So she said she kind of flipped it kind of for the cancer research. She was saying, you know, it's, it's a moral issue to say that you can't have it. You know, well, it's a moral right. issue to say that why you can't you be treated with this cannabis? That's a, that is a moral issue. So yes. uh, I was, you know, she kind of flipped it on me. But it's it, it's, it's a personalization. The potential of this have to be recognized. And you're working at it from such a serious level. So thank you, Sheila. 
Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for showing up. So, all right. So this was fun. It's always good to see my friend, Amy. (laughs) I'm going to see you later. I'm going to drop off some of Heather's basil and dill. And and Dave, hi Dave. Okay, I'm gonna so. ride a ride ride it by on my bike with my mask on. Okay, so Sheila, thanks today for coming out, and thanks for being your patience. Um, I love maybe Amy and I'll make it out to California next year. I'm trying to get Yay! invited to some conferences. I would love to talk. I think it would be really would be good, right, Amy? We should go. All right, so <laughs> I'm ready to go to California. Not now. <laughs> Done now. Okay, so for my now. amazing guest Sheila Gibson of Aura IP Law and my Canna sister Amy Searles, I want to thank Josh Lampkin for writing and performing the Canna Mom theme music. Check out his link. It's included in the bio. <laughs> Our business team, <laughs> Kelly Dolan of Retail Results and Laurie Lennon of Thinkubator. And of course, our um, team we are working with at Cannabis Creative Group. And I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cannamom Show, where we are talking about integrating cannabis in our lives and changing the narrative around the cannabis and caregiving by empowering women-centric cannabis businesses, one can of story at a time. Amy? I'm Amy Searles. Please follow us on social media at The Cannamom Show. Visit our website at www.thecannamomshow.com and listen to us wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google, everywhere. And don't forget to follow at A Bong for Mom campaign, which will be rounding up on May 10th, Mother's Day. And that's right. I, I am Joyce Gerber. This is The Cannamom Show. And we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.